Hello everyone, welcome to another heart-pounding edition of ARG Presents. I am Amigo Aaron, joined as always by a man who's as enlightening as he is frightening, Brent. Hey, how's it going, guys? Brent, how you doing this week? I am doing well. Very good, very good. So, if you joined us last week, the wheel was spun and the deal was made, and this week we'll be looking at games on the Sega CD slash Mega CD. Brent, what do you think about the uh, Sega CD slash Mega CD? Well, uh, I don't think it was a good idea at the time, um, but it could have been good. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it, it failed, in my opinion, just the the master system or the, the Genesis that was attached to was not powerful enough to take real advantage of the extra storage capacity. Well, the, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to say that it was a pretty decent idea, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> we were in between generations there. They saw the uh, hole in the marketplace for a cheap uh, medium, and they also saw a place where you could use that extra storage, and uh, they went with it. I think what failed them was the overall use of it. It was a new storage type, and I think it caught a little people off guard as to how, what to do with it. Uh, a la, sort of like the laser discs were back in the arcade days. They had them. The technology was there. They weren't quite sure what to do with the technology. Right. So let's have a quick look at the uh, at the Mega CD. I'm going to call it that henceforth, but over here it's called the Sega CD. Um, <clears throat> so this was actually the second uh, CD peripheral released for a home console. Do you want to take a guess at the first? Mm, you know, I do not know the first. The first was the TurboGrafx-16. They, oh. they had a CD peripheral for theirs. Um, of course, this uh, the disc capacity on these was about 650 meg, which is standard. Standard. But normally, uh, I think due to formatting, it was about 500 meg, which is 320 times more than most Genesis cartridges. Yes. Yep. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, the average uh, size of the games on these CDs was somewhere much, much lower, probably between 13 and 50 meg of space used on the disc. So most of the disc was used for audio, uh, uh, that sort of thing. Well, like you said, it was it was such a new concept to have all this space. Right. I, you know, the uh, uh, the one thing that this did that very few people took advantage of was it had was it had CD-ROM and it played CD plus G, uh, which was it that mean it would play the music discs that had the CD. Remember the music mm -hmm. discs that had very few yep. of them were available. Uh, I thought that was kind of wacky. My buddy had a bunch of these discs. And we'd always fire them up to watch what was going on. I believe, like, for example, Information Society was a, a band that took advantage of it, if you remember them. I do not. <laughs> that made me feel old. So this thing released in the U.S. Uh, way, way back in 19... Let me find the exact... I've got Japan 91, U.S. 1992, 11. Uh, so November, it released uh, a, about a year earlier in Japan. And in the U.K., it came out in... Uh, April of 93, so they had a little that, bit of, Wow. That's, yeah. That's kind of crazy. Now, this debuted in America at a price tag of 300 U.S. buckery dues. And uh, now, in, t in today's wad, you'd be paying uh, the big money, $536. Yeah. For that. So that but, I mean, Insanity. Well, it was a Cadillac-style peripheral. I mean, it was supposed to be a, it was going to be a big deal. So, when you bought the Sega CD slash Mega CD, you got uh, not just a CD, you also got added hardware. Oh, what, yeah. <clears throat> so what did you get? Well, um, you have a another 68,000 processor, which is the same thing that powers the Genesis. Yep. At, uh, clocked at 12.5 megahertz. Uh, and you also got uh, 10 channels of sound that would come with it. 10! I yeah. couldn't believe that. I had to I had to check to make sure I wasn't insane. Um the uh, the CD uh, would uh, stream audio like we mentioned earlier. It also had special hardware in it for for video scaling uh, that uh, added to whatever the Genesis came with uh, mm -hmm. uh, out of the box. You want to take a guess how many of these are sold just for fun? This is worldwide. Worldwide, uh, I'll say a million. No, no, no. Two point two four million worldwide. Uh, and uh, so that's eh, it's not too bad. I mean, it's not for a peripheral. That's pretty good. For yeah, for an add-on for a system that was already you know pretty much to its prime, oh, on the downslope of its prime. It also added an additional 64k of memory. You know, 
again, I'm not sure. I don't know if that was strictly for the scaling or for the I/O of the of the drive or whatever. Uh, but uh, it, so it had some, a decent amount of power that came in it. Now, if you had a, a Sega uh, Genesis or Mega Drive Model One, this thing would hook from the side mm-hmm. and sort of sit on it. Kind of docked, yeah, yeah. And if you had a, a, a Model Two, it sat in a different way. The Model One, the original Sega CD, had a, a powered tray that would come out, which was cool. But those are known today as the least reliable ones, just because if you if you have any PC experience or any experience with an old console that has those power trays, it's the first thing to go the, is that power. Well, the tray. belts in it, yeah, and the I mean, belt and the gears, chip teeth. But that might say it's much cooler looking. To my, I, it is. You don't deny that. I mean, I'm, okay. Got, yeah, I'm just saying it looks cooler than the other one. The other one sort of uh, attaches to the side, and it's, and it's just the way you push the push down on it, and it pops open. Hope, it's, yeah. you know, it's manual. Um, these things, of course, in the true Sega tradition, had big honking power supply that you had to plug yes. in, in addition to the uh, whatever honking power supply you had hooked up to begin with. And, of course, uh, also in the Sega tradition, you had to have a bunch of crazy uh, 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 adapter plugs or, or uh, uh, like brackets to keep everything put, like the... Uh, if you have a Model 1, it, it, it'll hang off the sides. They made a whole, like, faux... Uh, a whole faux piece of, of Genesis that would stick on the end to make it look like your Genesis was long enough to not have that additional space. I mean, when you've got it all constructed, it looks good. There's never a reason to not have it on. And, you know, you just leave it on. So, <clears throat> they made some additional versions uh, of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the Sega CD. Uh, a couple that I wanted to touch on was one was uh, they licensed the tech to JVC. Now mm-hmm. here, and it was called the JVC XI. Uh, the XI was, was a uh, it was a very uh, uh, goofy, uh, but I mean if, it, it worked. It had uh, one thing it had in Japan that JVC had the uh, uh, had like a karaoke function in it, which, huh. which now it got stripped out in the American version. But it's a, it's an all in one unit that had it's about. Uh, it's about as lo- it's about the same size. I'm trying to think what I could compare it to. Maybe it's it's not quite as long as like a Sega CD with the sidecar version. Uh, it looks it's more flattering looking unit. I've seen one. I've came an ace of purchasing one, and I didn't do it. Uh, but uh, a couple years ago, in fact, I, I'm pretty sure I complained about it on <laughs> on Amico's because they never lower the price. And now I looked at the price, and it's go- it's through the roof. Um, the other uh, item I want to talk about was a, a little item called the CDX. Have you ever seen a CDX? CDX. That's the that's what the thirty-two and no, 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 no. This is this is a CDR. This is a Sega CD, and it just is smashed into a little uh, like a, a rectangular box. Uh, it's a. It looks like what it looks like. It's a portable CD player with a, with that sticker with a with a cartridge slot on the back. Where you can put the cards. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh! Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and these, yeah. th- these are, uh, uh, you know, these things are pretty sought after. I looked at both these on eBay to see what they were going for these days, and uh, both these things are going around three hundred dollars plus. And there were people asking wow. far more. And I'll tell you, they're going for that. That's not what they're wanting. That's what they're going for. So, the days of picking up a cheap. Uh, Sega CD peripherals over it. I'll tell you, uh, I, I, I thought I just for the show I, thought I might pick one of these up. I've been meaning to pick one up for a while because I don't have a Sega CD, as you can tell. And uh, they have skyrocketed. Uh, Model ones that are tested and working are going for about two hundred and forty bucks, and the Model twos are going for about uh, uh, over a hundred dollars. These things are known to fail uh, quite a bit, so normally you're, things are going to have recapped and have belts put in them and whatnot, and so. Uh, even even used ones have are gone for a lot more money than they used to. It was quite astounding to me that, that, that the price had went up that, that high. Um, so there were 210 titles officially released, the best as far as I could tell. Which is a decent-sized library, especially for an add-on. Yeah, 57 were released only in Japan. All right? uh, thir- Which makes sense because they had an extra year on everybody. All right, 39 were released only in uh, North America. And the Europeans got five exclusives, so not not that great. Um, well, you want to take a guess at what the high? Now this is, I looked, and this is what I found over and over. But I, you know, I don't need to back these figures up. But what do you, from what I can tell, what do you think the best selling Sega uh, Sega CD title was? The the uh, Sonic game. That's the one I came up with was Sonic. According to the stats I found, 
they they allegedly sold 1.5 million copies of, of, wow. of uh, Sonic CD. So three fourths of everyone who owned the unit owned the get game. Right, absolutely. The distant second, and I mean way distant, I mean way distant, as far as I could tell, was Shining Force CD. Uh, that due to a large Japanese backing, I'm assuming? Uh, uh, one would assume. Um, so, the Mega Drive CD, though, I mean, overall, it's a, it's a, I think it's a decent unit. I'm not as down on it as you are, uh, per se, but, it, you know, it's a, it's a curiosity now to add functionality to a console like that. I mean, really, I, I, I'm trying to think when the last time you really saw that. It's It's been a long time. You know, because, I mean, it's now it's pretty much all time. software. Uh, are, you know, no one's trying to, People are updating desktops and stuff of their, of their console, but they're not actually updating the actual... I guess the, the, the one that comes to mind would be the uh, Xbox 360 with the HD drive and, you know, to compensate for the PlayStation's Blu-ray, of course. Uh, that, and that was a horrible idea that flopped well, terribly. Well, that was a... That was a Stratagem to get oh, HD it, DVDs over. Well, you know? yeah, it was. Yeah, that had actually that had absolutely nothing to do with gameplay at all. So. Yeah, a few other um, combos that got released. This is you know Sega would license their hardware, uh, and so they not only did JBC get the XI, uh, Pioneer had something called the Laser Active, and there was something <laughs> called the uh, Iowa Mega CD, and there's the Sega Multi Mega. Uh, as well, so you've got they they license some stuff out. Now, I know there's like a uh, it's like a VCR or DVD weird thing that has a the technology baked into it. I've seen that on on, uh, on some shows on the net. So they would license this out. I don't think to any effect. And it's sort of like the 3DO was that was their plan as well to license out their tech, and uh, it went just about as well as the Sega's did. So uh, with all that in mind, uh, we picked two titles from the. Uh, Mega CD, and uh, I think this week, Brent, we'll let you kick it off with your title. What do you got? Well, let me tell you something. What can be said about Battle Corps that hasn't already been said? Absolutely everything, everything. <laughs> because this game has been dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, created by Core Design, most famous for uh, the Tomb Raider series. Uh, also, they made Bonk. I mean, they tons of games. If you, if you were an Amiga fan, you'll remember yes. that's Core Design as a, a, for their long run on the Amiga. They did a lot of a lot of good titles on there. So when you when you hear a name like Core Design, you think, man, this you know it has to at least be something. Um, but there is almost no information. This was a game that was created. It did not do well in the marketplace, and then it just fell off the planet. Um, the way the game plays is you are a mercenary group of sorts who is tasked with going to a mining planet where an evil AI uploaded by an evil mining corporation... They're all evil. ...has <laughs> has taken over the mining colony, and you have to go in there and stop it. So, the big baddie at the end of this is named Moses. Yeah, cool name. Moses, the multi-cameral, organic, synergistic, energized system. Rolls off the tongue. Oh my God. That's why they call him Moses, right there. And you know what you're driving? You're driving, uh, what is that thing? Bam! Yeah, oh yeah, bam, B-A-M. The, the bipedal attack machine. That's That sucks. Was this a thing back in the early 90s that I missed? You just it's put a, some letters together and then make an anagram that, out of it? That's exactly what, I mean, it's a military thing, right? Holy moly. Uh, I mean, what would you rather call like urban attack, you know, urban attack mechs? That's lame. They got it, bam, it's much more catchy. <laughs> so, you... you when the the game loads up and you get the the one of the worst voiceover narrations of all time, almost a, almost inaudible for a CD system. Now I played this wearing <clears throat> headphones, and I could at least understand what he was saying. But they tried to make this gravelly, you know, hardened military voice, and it, it just failed. This reminds me of the classic faux pas that these places do where they're like, we're not going to hire a voice actor. We'll just put some effects on Joe. <laughs> Get in here, Joe. Joe's like, okay. 
You know, and he comes in and records it, and then they affect them so much. You're like, what the hell's Joe saying? Who yeah, knows? yeah. Ship it. So, <clears throat> after the intro that explains everything that I just explained, sort of, a lot of it you have to go and do your own research on. Um, and, the, of course, the cutscenes for this are computer CGI at the time rendered in the Sega CD video quality. Which makes it a pixelated, horrible mess. Um, it's not attractive, the uh, opening movie. It is no. really not. So then you go to your uh, startup screen, which is straight out of a, an Amiga game. It, it, the uh, two options are basically start game and options. But the background is that gray wall background with two lights on either side of your choice that move up and down when you when you choose. It's basic. Uh, which, yeah, it seems so out of place with the rest of the game. It really does. You hit start, you go into the game, and you are in the battle room where you can hear your briefings from the gravel man or you can uh, choose one of three... They're not really pilots because you download them into the mech, but they are pilots because they are tied to the mech. Very uh, Pacific Rimish, to be completely honest. Well, it predated that by a few decades. Yes, it did. <clears throat> I will say that the uh, the choice of pilots at the beginning. I, I watched some people try to review this, and they were always confused as to why their their new pilot didn't have a different mech. Well, that's because there's just one mech. Yeah, there's one mech. <laughs> there's one mech type, you should say, that, and then the pilot downloads into it. It's 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 interesting. It's uh, that's not that bad. Uh, and of course, the the pilots. Uh, you've got your fast pilot. You've got your your armored pilot, and then you've got your all around pilot. Uh, in gameplay, makes little to no difference. Uh, I, I tried testing. The speed, the speed guy or the speed girl, I should say, versus the armored guy, and I could not tell a speed difference, and I couldn't tell an armor difference. So either the numbers are so similar as to not lose balance, or there isn't a difference at all. I couldn't tell. Uh, so you go into your briefing, and you are instantly berated by your commander about how bad you suck before you've even done anything. Uh, it makes you wonder why they're giving you this incredibly dangerous and important mission. Right. <laughs> you think you'd want to lift the guy up, you In, know? Instant hate. So, and then you pick your pilot. And you go into the game. And the game is a Wolfenstein slash Doom-esque 3D world. Where it's all sprite-based, but the sprites, uh, you know, enlarge and they shrink. Scale. They scale. Right. And they have that turning effect whenever you're you're walking around them. Um, it's actually done, in my opinion, pretty well. The way that they did, were able to do this, because this is not something that you can normally have on a Genesis, even with the CD peripheral, because uh, it's just too much. Uh, they cleverly disguise half the screen as your HUD. And oh, that's, in fact, that's a, it's that's a Sega City tradition. In fact, it's over half. It's well over half. Oh yeah. Uh, so all it has to render is, you know, one third, maybe two fifths of the screen, um, for the actual graphics. The gameplay is slow. It, it, I think this is why people don't like this game. Because this game got universally panned on the few reviews I could actually find mm -hmm. of it. Um, you're in a mech, and you have to play the game like you're a slow, lumbering tank. If you crank the speed up to 11 and just try to bum-rush everything, you will get shot... The draw distance isn't far enough for you to set back and pick off sniper style. So you have to move, but you cannot just bully through. The selection of weapons is actually really deep. Uh, you've got your machine guns. You've got your uh, cannonballs, for lack of a better term. Uh, you've got your like pulse rifle, which is as fast as the machine gun, just does more damage. Missiles, which is... 
by far the most useful like weapon. Other. I guess they're, they're enemy they're, detecting yes. missiles. Because if it was heat, you'd be in trouble. You're in lava most some of the time. Um, and then uh, a flamethrower. So you great selection of weapons. And you've got that triple cannonball. Special. Yes, and that yeah, that actually uses three cannonballs. Um, the game play, I think, a lot of fun. If you go in with the mindset of I have to methodically get through this level for the most part, I had a great time with it. The speed control, up and down, you know, adjust your speeds. You hold down C to adjust your aim height up and down, which is something that games like this never had, because in games like Wolfenstein, everything was on the same plane. Games like Doom, it auto up and down, so you didn't have to aim, because everything was essentially on the same plane for stuff like Doom. Uh, I was able to get about a third of the way through the game. Hmm. Uh, and had a lot of fun. Every time you die, you actually lose that pilot. So, essentially, you have three lives. Um, there is some strategy as to which pilot you put out there on some of these missions, because if they get killed, it can be real damaging. Well, I, I don't feel that way, because I don't think the stats do enough to, to make a difference. Um, you always get a reload of weapons, and all your shields back at the end of each level. Uh, in the first level, there are recharge points where you cross over a line. If you stop there for a second, it actually builds your shields back up. Uh, really, really useful for uh, an opening level where you're still trying to get your feet under you. But the game is not forthcoming about telling you about this. It has a scrolling text at the top that tells you whenever there's mines close by, that sort of thing. And it will say... You know, replenish station or recovery station I think is what it was uh, but if you don't see that the only way you know it on the ground is a small strip of pixelated uh, goodness that you can walk right over and never even notice. It's like a little pixelated what would you call that like a, I don't know orb or thing or yeah I know it's, uh, yeah, it's it was, just a strip it's yeah, just it's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, yeah I walked over a mine or two uh yeah um, <laughs> some of the detail in the game, though, like it has your guns overheating. If you just hold the button down and, and go ham, you'll eventually overheat your guns. And it's environmentally sensitive, depending on what section it, you're in. If, if you're, you're in a hotter section, they overheat quicker. And uh, it is um, the second stage is more of a maze. The third stage is uh, like an open maze. That's less maze, more get from point A from point B in a large room. Here's something that will make your day a lot better if you're playing this at home. Uh, there is a secret code that once inputted gives you a mini-map. Oh. Why was this not a feature on the actual oh, man. game? I wish I, I came don't across know. that. It's an always on screen. It takes up about, I don't know, 5% of your viewable which is already small, so it does make this smaller. Um, but it helps tremendously from getting turned around. Um, there's also a stage select code uh, if you go into practice mode so you can play around on any of the stages. Uh, I really like this game. I understand why it's not popular because it, if you, it's not pretty. Uh, it's not ugly. It's not. It certainly isn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's not pretty. The soundtrack is good, yeah. but it's a CD soundtrack, so I don't really yeah. judge it on that. The voices are horrible. The controls are okay. If this was done on a computer or something that had uh, more buttons or even better located buttons, or it, essentially what it really needs is an analog stick, to allow you to look up and down. That would make all the difference in the world because in the later levels, you have to aim at stuff on the ceiling and doing that is a pain in the butt. It is a pain in the butt to while when all this action is taking place to aim up and down. Overall though, um, I would give this a, a B- minus on an A to F scale. Uh, I will probably go back and play this again. I've heard that the final boss is ridiculously unfair, and I can see that the ramp up in difficulty is already huge, just from what I've uh, played. 
But I I really enjoy this game, and I encourage people to go out, give this a look. It it doesn't make sense to me why it's so... It's not even hated, it's just, it's gone. How did you even come across this thing? I looked at a list for uh, Sega CD exclusives. And this was a game that was never released on any other system on any other version. Mm. And I thought, I wonder why. Is it that bad or is it just that forgotten? And it's not that bad. It is just forgot a forgotten game from a good developer that deserves a look. If, if I may retort a bit on some of the things. I don't hate everything you said, but this game, ha- you can see why it failed. It's as apparent, the second you'd fire it up, I could see, okay, this is not going to go. Um, not just the fact that the intro, entry is off-putting, the opening story is confusing and off-putting yes. and, and sort of stupid, uh, and the way you're treated as you pick characters, it's just all in that like uh, uh, smart-alecky, military jerk style, and couple that with the idiotic voice. It was very off-putting. Even the load screens and stuff were ugly. Like you said, the menus are, aren't attractive. Sure. Um, I agree with all of that. But when when it, when you go down to it, this is a game that tries to please two masters. Uh, it tries to have some of the depth of a, say, like a Mech Warrior 2 on the PC or a, or a Heavy Gear. Sure. And it, But it tries to maintain its console roots. And so what you come up with when you do that is this game. A not very deep game that does some of the stuff from both sides, but doesn't really do anything tremendously. This game has, uh, uh, in some ways, it's a technological achievement, but... Uh, in a lot of ways, it, it was... Uh, unfortunately, the tech wasn't there to make it happen. And, I'm, and the, my main concern with this game is the draw distance. It's short. It's horrible. It's short. And so, like, even in the practice stage, I knew right away, I was like, oh boy. Because you're you're tasked with uh, shooting towers in the, in the practice stage. And these are towers, y'all. They're not freaking... Uh, they're not little things. They're large, like, lighthouses. And you can't see them until you're right up on them. And you could look straight into the distance and not see a tower until you take two steps and suddenly it just appears. Bam! It's a huge Oh tower. yeah, it's pop-in. But, I mean... When you, you have to be getting shot by these things that are... <laughs> and, that thing, and let's... They can't shoot you if you can't see them. They, they can... Their bullets can... Once they... Once you leave the field of view, whatever they've shot yes. still comes at you. That's correct. That's a problem because you can't see what's shooting you sometimes. The, uh... The up and down controls are tough. They uh, are. Brent mentioned this, and he's right. This game does needs analog controls, and I believe there are analog. There are probably analog solutions that are out there for the jizzes now, like from from homebrew guys stuff. But I mean, if you want pinpoint accuracy, this is not the game for you. If you think of your reticle in the middle of the screen, if you tap your joystick once, it goes this far. Yeah, right? but if, what if moves. you need it here? Yeah, well, you got problems. Is what you got? You better hope whatever you shoot is gonna take out what's between here and here. The uh, uh, so that's a huge problem is is the is the uh, is the draw distance and the actual control. There were things I didn't hate. Um, I like the the way the mech moves is fine. Oh, the, the, that the, the it speed was very control, lumbering. The speed control was if you come from the PC, there's no problem there. You just it's just uh it's it's just like a gear shift forward or back. Yeah. You know, there's no in between, and and you can set how fast you're going to go. Uh, the the game has uh, the levels I played have artificial walls effectively. What that means is environmental walls. If you go out there, you just die. So the play surface where you actually are running your mech runs not at least the levels I played were it was a huge. Uh, the uh, now I disagree there. I didn't think it was big enough. I, I think I think the levels they're not they're not sandbox. They're not open where you can go every anywhere you want. They're sort of on rails. But the levels yeah. have a good sense of distance. It looks bigger than it is. Uh, Certainly. The graphics, like I said, are, are muddy, and to be polite. Yes. The heads-up, you know, I don't mind a big heads-up display in a mech game because you sort of need a lot of stuff. You need that radar. But the heads-up yeah. stinks. And I don't mean because uh, it's too big. I mean because 
like that in the middle of the screen there's a big like uh, circle that's supposed to give like so like a radar to tell yes. you where the bogeys are that thing stinks I think it's fine it's not nearly uh, it, the, 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 you have to be right up on guys to even see what's going on I didn't like it there's a there's a muddy square in the, in the I don't know what the hell that was I think it was sort of an overview I don't know what it was it was horrible it was hard to determine how much energy I had left I didn't like the way they had that gauged on the side I couldn't tell if my mech took damage in parts or overall I don't think there was. I don't think it was individual damage. No, I couldn't find was, any. It was, any, you know, which is unusual if you're, if you come from Mech Warrior. Um, this isn't a game I would recommend. Uh, oh. t- to be honest with you, I thought it was. I, and I, I was. I, I will admit, there were things I did like. I liked the soundtrack. I liked the weapon selection. And I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't have a certain amount of fun. But I mean, if a certain amount of fun, you could just go play a better Mech game. Well, and, and this was not. This is not what I would call it, uh, even a second-rate mech game. I'd say we're in the third rate. And, uh, and I think Core, because I know Core Design is a tremendous developer. Yes. I think they were hamstrung by limitations of the hardware. Uh, maybe this was a title that was a little too grandiose to try on the Sega CD that early on. Uh, and uh, it just, for me, it, did, it didn't work. I, I could see I could see why this is falling off the map. My, my, my last rebuttal to this, is this a great game? No. Is this That's a true. good game? Not really. I would say this is an average game for the platform it's on. I'll give you that. <laughs> it, it is a lot better than a lot of the was FMVs. Bubsy an average, no, an average game for no, the platform it was on? No. We're going to play that game? But I, I think that Battlecorp, I think it is a strong enough license that it could have gotten a sequel on a more powerful system, a Saturn or a PlayStation, where they could have more properly done what they were trying to do. And I don't feel like this should have been a forgotten property. I think the pacing of play, as long as you don't just try to bully through, is fun. It makes you feel like you're in a in a big lumbering mech. I liked it. I think it's worth looking at. If you are going to go on eBay and look for this thing, it is all over the map. Really? The price is very good. For as high as $60 and as low as $6. I'd go for the $6 version. Uh, Pretty much (laughs) from from the completed auction history, anytime this game is put up for any price, it seems to be purchased. The exceptions are if it is not complete in box, uh, it, it does not sell. If it's just the disc, it's not going to sell. Someone was trying to sell just the instruction booklet. It didn't sell. Everything else involving this game, whether it was in bundles, individuals, uh, sold. So I think that there is there is a market for it. Uh, I, would I pay $60 for it? Absolutely not. Would I pay $5 for it if I had a Sega CD? Absolutely. I think it's good enough to get. I, I, I'll give you that. I'll All give right. you that. So, now let's get to the main event. Oh, my we've went, we've, we've waddled through the preliminaries. Let's get, to the, let's get to the main event of the evening. I picked this week as my game. This is a no-brainer. The second that wheel finished spinning, I was like, Bam! I'm on it. I don't mean a crappy second-rate mech. I mean, bam, it's time. And so we're going to talk about Eternal Champions. Challenge from the dark side. I love it. Just the name is awesome. So before we talk about Eternal Champions Challenge from the dark side, let's go into the original Eternal Champions just a little bit so in case people aren't familiar. So if you you live under a rock, because you got to not know about Eternal Champions, uh, uh, it was a... Fighting game released for the uh, Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive in 1993. So, if you'll recall, step back, if you will, to the, to the early 90s. All right. Fighting games were all the rage. Yes. In fact, they, fighting games had saved the arcade. Yes. I remember going to the arcade. It was a downtime. And then and a little game called Street Fighter 2 stepped up, and the arcades blew up yes. big time. They saved the arcades. Huge they prolonged the life of the arcades. Yes. For a good while, and if you played uh, Street Fighter Two back in the day, you'll recall it. I mean, what a game that was! It came Holy out of nowhere, cow. beautiful art, 
uh, great Big balance, sprites. great crazy characters, you know, that were, that were a lot of fun to play. Memorable characters, Great too. music, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. And so, Street Fighter Two set the standard for pretty much every game that was in the fighting genre ever since. Every 2D game, yeah. yes. Uh, and so, and many have stepped up to the plate, and many have come and gone. Some are still around, some aren't. So, uh, when you have uh, Street Fighter Two, you must talk about its antithesis, his, its nemesis, its arch rival, which was the Mortal Kombat series. Uh, Mortal Kombat came out. I'll never forget when I saw Mortal Kombat for the first time. I just couldn't believe that that much wholesale violence was being portrayed on the arcade. I swear to you, it, it seems silly now, but I, when they were knocking guys' heads off, so I felt like I was watching something illegal. <laughs> I was like, holy cow. I mean, it seems so stupid to say that, but I swear to you, I felt dirty watching that Mortal Kombat. But I was a big... Um, Big fan of like the Shaw Brothers and that old Hong Kong chop suey cinema that mm -hmm. came that came uh, from uh, back in the day, and so this appealed to me instantly. I love the uh, sort of cheesy uh, uh, backdrops and the, the and monks the, and the and, masters yes. and all the guys clapping. You know, it's always great. So you've got the two big the big dogs, right? And they would remain the big dogs uh, for a while with these. <coughs> Excuse me. So, when you've got these two juggernauts, you see you had a lot of people step up to try to play with them in the arcades. But what separates Eternal Champions from these games is the fact that it did not have... <coughs> it didn't have a sneeze in it at all. Yeah, it's crazy. Sorry. It did not have an arcade release. This was a game, one of the few games at the time... That was made solely for a console, bypassing the arcade entirely. Because you had plenty of Art of Fightings and Samurai Showdown. World Heroes. World Heroes. You know, a lot of Neo Geo properties that stepped up. And Fighters Histories. All of which I like almost all those, by the way. But, this one went right to the console. Developed for Sega. And was a pretty big hit when it came out in 93. My friend's... Had a couple copies of what we would play, and what turned me on about it was, uh, it was an interesting combination of, of beautiful art and beautiful graphics, unique, super unique characters. Yes. I mean, you, there's no denying that. And what made it extra special to me was they all had a story, a very interesting backstory, yep. uh, and they all had a martial arts choice that was a real, real life martial art. That was uh, actually displayed in the. Sprites. That's right. They actually yeah. did some of their martial arts, like uh, uh, some people did capoeira, jeet kune do, and 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 uh, all that sort of thing. So uh, I was a big fan of Eternal Champions when it came out. Now, now oh, we're talking about the original, right? Right. The hated original. It. Absolutely hated it. Choppy. That it was too much for the system. I'm going to disagree with you there. Holy moly! I hated that. Uh, I liked the first game. I thought that it it played pretty well and it was beautiful. And it was, it, one was of the, it was one of the first Genesis games that took it. It was the, the I think as we recall, it was at the time it was the biggest Genesis game ever released. It was uh, beautifully rendered. The yep. backgrounds were very good. The music was great. Yep. Uh, the characters all had like the backstory, and they had a cool. The premise of the first one was the Eternal Champion had come down, and he had found these characters that were pivotal to history, but had been killed. And he he at the moment of their death, he yanked them out of their time. Yep. And brought them together, and the winner of the of a fight between all of them, a big tournament, would be the one that would get put back in their time stream with the knowledge of what was going to happen, so they could avoid being yes. killed. Which is an awesome premise. It, it is an awesome premise. Uh, it played differently uh, than the Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat's in that there were no like rolling maneuvers. Everything was button. It was a button-based system, so you would have to with button combinations with the joystick. Not like in Street Fighter. Forward and backward rolls and three sixties. That Half stuff circles. wasn't used. Now, the result of this was uh, that this game was not one you could. One thing the other fighting games had in common was that you could sort of pick them up because they a lot of them used the same sort of similar maneuverings. There was a, usually at least one character in every fighting game that you could right eventually figure out their moves just by trying moves that you've right done right in the absolutely. Past. And so, but this one then you was this is a tougher game to pick up. This required you to go and study hard to play these characters. 
this thing had a momentum uh, bar with a little yin-yang symbol in the corner. And to get your special moves off, you had to build the pa- your momentum in this thing to build up the ability to use special And this is moves. still the first one. This is still the first one. So but there's a lot of similarities. That's why I'm going into it. So uh, one thing you could do is, uh, is, of course, just beating the hell out of the guy would be something. But you could also taunt him with a button combination. They would say, like, usually like a one-word taunt, like wimp, you know, or something like that. And then as you built this up, you could you unleash nastier fighting moves. Um, the game also had uh, deaths, which I believe yeah. in the first game were just called, like, overkills. What And they were all based on where you fell when you died. In the stage. Right, in, yeah. on the stage. So, like, if you were, for example, there's a stage with a huge rotating fan, like an exhaust fan. Yeah. And if you get killed right at the right point, your guy would careen into the fan and get cut up. Yes. So you got a little, little taste of Mortal Kombat in there. Now, that's not to say that original Eternal Championship was without flaw, because it did have flaws. Uh, uh, and some of which even carried over to the newer one. Eternal Championship is not the kind of game you want to play alone. <laughs> Because the computer, the computer, well, in the first one, the computer outright cheats. He does. The computer can pull off its moves without worrying about yes. that charge meter. <laughs> but that's not even that's really irrelevant because they'll have beat your behind well before. Oh my day. gosh, difficulty is the, so the difficulty stupid. is is too much. It is way too much. Way, uh, and yes. they will beat you like a dog. Uh, no, it doesn't matter who you play. Really, how good you are. <laughs> I've played this game for years. And I've, I, it's, I don't think I've ever gotten through all the characters to beat the game. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. And the Eternal Champion, you fight the end is ultra hard because yeah, he has all than, the yeah. moves. He has he's better than everybody. Moves. Yeah. Uh, so it had it, that, that was a flaw. Again, like Brent said, some people will comment that maybe uh, it was a little too difficult uh, uh, in terms of. Uh, the CPU, which I think everyone will argue that. Oh, Some people yeah. will say that it's the frame rate's not quite there. It's not. I, I, don't, I never had any problem with the frame rate. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Uh, but it was, again, a beautiful game. So it did well. A, a it did well work. enough, yes. Yeah. And so uh, when the Sega CD came out, of course, Sega uh, was ready to go with the sequel. And the sequel, which is what we're going to talk about today, Eternal Champions Challenge from the Dark Side. So... This came out uh, in America in, uh, two, in uh, February of '95 uh, for fifty bucks, and it came out in uh, March, uh, April, excuse me, of '95 in the UK. So about the same time, about the same price. It's forty-nine pounds, a little bit more expensive over there. So, uh, and this is a Mega CD title, and this you'll if you watch the opening, of this it comes up with this uh, little movie of a boat full of people being eaten by a shark. And it says deep waters. Sega, this game was the edgiest game that Sega... I mean, this game is... Eternal Champions, had, even the killings were not that gruesome. They were sort of funny and sometimes kind of They gruesome. were campy. In this game, buddy... Oh, my god! They go crazy eight bonkers yes. with the killings. They're bloody, gory, mall fest of death. And so Sega was like, you know, maybe we'll let our uh, evil arm of our company... Uh, produce this one, so they they came up with a new name for their adult titles. That was Deep Water. Deep Water. And so when you see the when you see the opening where these people get killed by this shark and there's blood in the water, and there's body parts Bart floating, sinking down. You know, you're like, holy smokes! What am I looking at here? This is a Sega. Uh, so this again, this is uh, this is not like a whole new reimagining of the of the original. But what they did do was they took all the stuff that made the original good. And made it better. And then they added tons of new stuff to make it awesome. And tons of new characters. Uh, The character roster in this is great. I'm going to go over some of the characters just briefly. Because they're so unique and original and wacky. So you've got a caveman. Slash. I love that guy. Uh, you've got a uh, you've got a Xavier Pendragon who's a alchemist or a wizard. Which is awesome. You've got Jetta Max. She's this sort of uh, super quick acrobat. You know? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Uh... You've got I love this guy Larson, who's this sort of uh, kind of like a hard hard nosed nineteen thirties detective. Detective guy. He's got yeah. the hat and the, and the trench coat, and he has a grappling hook. Then you've got Shadow Yamamoto. Now, actually, Shadow was the very first character developed for the very first game, and was the only character. Apparently, they when they originally made Eternal Champions. 
they they relieved whoever was making it and took some other people took it over and took over all the characters the only one they kept was this girl uh, uh, yeah, Shadow Shadow is just like super sexy like ninja type and the winner of the first game yeah, I believe she was, and, she, and uh, she's she's awesome she moves <clears throat> with these flips and stuff and she's sort of the main character in the game like when you see the covers and stuff she's always uh, well in the middle of the pack you know looking awesome then you've got Midnight. Midnight's a vampire. Mm-hmm. The Jeet Kundo vampire, which I like him. And the second game, he gets the ability to transform into like a doll or a wolf and attack you, which is cool. Uh, you got John Blade. He is this like uh, uh, futuristic, uh, like bounty hunter tech so, guy. So yeah. he, he shoots like these blades. He's, he's a real cool looking guy. You've got a guy named Rax. He's a uh, uh, Rax is this futuristic kickboxer. Which I love, but he's got rockets and crap stretches. Oh, okay, yep. You know, I remember he, him now. He's, he's <laughs> awesome. You've got this, and then you've got some new characters. Ramsey's the third. Pharaoh, pretty cool. Uh, he, <laughs> they've got Riptide, which is a cool character. Uh, uh, the that uh, Riptide's like a, a chick pirate. Yep. Remember her, right? Yep. 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 You've got a voodoo priestess named Raven. Yep. Remember Raven? She does voodoo, you know, type stuff. You've also got now. We missed one here, which was uh, Trident, the uh, weird, the, well, yeah, the the, the, the guy Atlantis from Atlantis. Guy. Yeah. This guy is. I mean, he's a real genre busting guy. He does some real strange. He does capoeira, and he actually does capoeira, yes. which is cool. Yeah. But he also does. He does some real weird misplacement stuff. Like he can turn to water, and when you're fighting him, and you'll go through him. Yeah. It's real discombobulating. He's got a bunch of uh, of. Uh, Powers of this trident that make you uh, make it so you can't get near him, or make it so your all the stuff you shoot at him reflects back at you. Just some strange. He's a, and his, his trident can spin real quick, and he can cut you with it like a blade. There, a lot of the characters have have uh, uh, that that kind of displacing feeling where they warp to the other side of the screen. Yeah, or they attack. From straight down on your character's head. Yeah, I'll you know. So I, they've got and uh, yeah, you're right. Like the wizard can just basically switch places with you, teleport. And so what makes this eat neat is that you can go back and the opening for this is pretty awesome. If you I don't know if you watched the CD oh, yeah. opening, yeah. it shows all the different characters as they're dying. It yes. shows every one of them, and they're all. I mean, what you got to think? This game's got like twenty some characters in it. When you well, it doesn't do the hidden ones, right? But I mean, it's got a ton of characters. So yes. You're getting a ton of backstory in here, and there's a voiceover going on the whole time. The first one had some of this, but the CD thing really brings. They it out. used a good, pretty good use of the of the technology of the with the space, right? Uh, you've also got. I failed to mention the cowboy that a new character, uh, Dawson McShane. What a name! They just took a bunch of cowboy names and smashed them together. He's just a cowboy guy that he could throw his hat and do some other cool stuff. Yeah, he's uh, you're getting into the hidden character. No, he's a he's a he, you get him to start off with Dawson. So th- so then you get then there's some hidden characters you unlock after you get so far in the game. And I was telling Brent some of these guys I've never seen because I never unlocked them. I need to go cheat and get them. Uh, of course, you can also use the Eternal Champion, and the, there's a new guy in this, the Dark Eternal Champion. Uh, he's there just to screw things up. So you're sort of after, try to fight him off in this. They added some uh, uh, weird hidden characters. Uh, there's Crispy, the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> you can play as Crispy. There's Slither, the, the snake. Uh, there's, uh, there, I like this guy, Thanatos, the, the uh, Greek god of death, which is cool. Grim Reaper guy. Yeah. There's Hooter. <laughs> yeah, the owl. owl. And then which, a- the, the neat thing about him is uh, he starts out on the ground, right? Right. And But he can... When he jumps and and moves up, he can kind of pick where he wants to be on the on the jumping plane. So you can kind of set it head height. See, I've got to play him before. I've got a, cool. No, I haven't got to play him, but I've seen him play. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the animal. The unfortunately with the animals, they're a fun gimmick character, but their their hitboxes are so small that they're that's what they they're gimmicks. Um, you've also got Zuni, the circus monkey. And these are all the ones. Now you've got now you got some proper hidden character here, right? Chin Wo, an acupuncturist from China. <laughs> He's cool. And according to what I found out, he he was actually supposed to be in the first one, but they ran out of space. There's a couple of these guys that they ran out of space, and so they didn't make the cut on the first one. You've got Yappy, the Shih Tzu dog. Yes, which is cool. And then my personal favorite, I laughed my butt off when I read this. And, and I know who there's, it's a, there's, be. A, there's a great 
if you if you're into Kim Justice, she does a, a nice retrospective on Tar Championship. This is the first time I'd ever heard of this guy when I watched this back in the day, and it's the senator. Yes, the senator is a senator, a Washington D.C. senator, and it was supposed to be I think it was a takeoff on like Joe Lieberman. Uh, <laughs> uh, because he was a uh, he was really uh, against these uh, violent, violent games. games, right? And the senator has a bunch of cool stuff. He's very amusing. So they took a guy who was against violent video games and put him in the most violent game ever. Which I uh, the, uh, what the be, the best move of the senator? He throws red tape and you get tangled up in yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then lastly, you've got uh, Thomas Blast Chavez, a Green Beret soldier from 1955, which is cool. Uh, so, right away, you can tell by that huge roster. It's roster. a huge, diverse roster. Yes. You will not find a more colorful fighting game in terms of ch- different ro- guys on it anywhere. I would say this comes in ahead of... Say, uh, World Heroes is pretty colorful, but this, I think even Trump said, you've got some crazy characters here. I agree. And again, they, one thing I like is they all have their own fighting style, especially the main characters, and they, and they use their fighting style. Now, some of the secondary guys... Are just basically like reskinned with some additional powers. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, they're they're not really reskinned though. They're their own. Well, what I mean is, they, they, a lot of the, they use other guys' moves in, in tandem with some of the stuff they gave them. Uh, so, so this game when it came out uh, was a blowaway title. It was it was a huge title. Uh, you know, it had uh, uh, it was the only Sega CD title ever released that used. That used uh, 256 color graphics. Did you know that? No, but they they used every one of them too. Yeah, it, it's and this one, if you if there was any debate about the first one's ability to run smoothly, that is taken away. This thing runs this, as smooth as silk. It runs well. Yes. There's a beautiful level that I love to fight on. It's it's a tridents level where you're in where you're in front of like Atlantis. Yes. And you're yeah. in this water and the effect is really it's pretty sweet. Good. Yeah. Uh, the parallax and stuff is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does this game have that the that the other one didn't decide for more characters? Better graphics, which it has both those. And by the way, keep in mind the original had great graphics. This one's even better. Yes. This one has several levels of deaths that you can that you can rent. Uh, yes, you've got the original overkills. Then you've got another another level of deaths that you can perform that were stage based that you can perform when your the your opponent is not quite dead. Right. So the, it's a it's a killer instinct a la ultra combos. You get their health bar down low enough that it's blinking. It gives you the ability to do the extra deaths, and then you've got these cinematic. There, there are really three levels of de- deaths in this. There are these cinematic. They're called cinematic kills or something like that, where something incredibly crazy happens. Yeah, uh, I think that my favorite is probably on Jetta's stage, where uh, uh, you're fighting in front of the circus tent, and when you fit, pull it off, and what's what I like about this when you finally win the the round. When you went around, your guy basically turns into like this little like star and shoots off. That's, yeah. that's that means you're being called back. You won. The loser is boned. <laughs> and so in the background of this tent, you see, and these backgrounds are lush and all the. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, but you see these guys shoot something out of a cannon, like a circus cannon, mm-hmm. and the character that's defeated standing there, and all of a sudden a clown car falls on this guy. It's, it lands on him with a bunch of clowns in it, and the clowns hit the horn on the car, and every time they hit it, blood shoots out the horn. From your body. And they're evil clowns. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> it is, the Senate kills in this are so funny. The senator has one where he blows up the earth with a noose. Yes. Which is great. There's a ton of these great... I mean, one thing you can't... This is another thing. They did not really rip off like Mortal Kombat or something. These kills no. are idiotically yeah. insane. Yeah, they're way, way over the top. And they're super... There's one where you fall into this pit... Oh, that and, one takes so and long. And you go through the... There's these... What you, your guy is falling through a pit, then he hits the first wave of, like, blades, and there's, like, about 20 blades and saws going off. He goes through that, then he falls into the next level, and there's more of those. So at the end, it's just like a skull. It just lands on the, end of the bottom of it. Yeah. It's so stupid. It takes, like, five... It takes, like, a good minute It to takes fall. A, a full minute for the thing, and it's, it's like, so, oh, my gosh. It's so funny. And, uh, well, I bet you... Well, you might have known this if you... If you looked up for it enough... This game also has nudity. Did you know that? Nudity? No, yes. I didn't know that. For one frame, uh, when you're out in front of the theater, yeah, and uh, the the drive-by happens, yeah. The in this one, the ticket booth lady jumps out of the ticket booth with the gun. With the gun, yeah. 
as she is jumping out of the ticket booth, there is one frame where her dress is down and exposes one of her breasts. <laughs> no, I didn't. For one frame. Yeah. That is funny. Um, so, and I love that kill. There, there's, there are so many. That's this another is, one that takes forever. This is one you could just go to, like, uh, YouTube. Even if you ever want to play the game, just watch the kills. They're they're very amusing. Uh, but they're, I mean, they're, yeah, su- they're super they're duper good. gory. We can't agree on that. Oh, yeah. The, well, and they're it's, idiotic, it's but it's so over, the, over top the top that you're just like, it's so funny. Uh, it's and also you get, this is like Mortal Kombat, so it looks like a human. These are these are like graphics that are getting mauled, killed. Well, I mean, animals kill people. Like some of the dissolving is is pretty gruesome. It it's, is, uh, you know, Indiana Jones face melting yeah. type of, there's, of there's gruesome. Sometimes, like there's one where you get thrown in a giant pot, and I yes. remember that one where you sort of melt. You know, it's yeah. it's gruesome. Don't watch it with your kid around. No. Even today, this is I was I was I was stunned at how violent they were, it, and I knew they were pretty violent. But well, I and I think this was a takeaway from when they released Mortal Kombat and they had the violence in it and Super Nintendo didn't. Yeah. And it was a time when the, that fight was hot and heavy. Yes. And they outsold Nintendo because they had in the violence. Yeah. And I think I, I think somewhat of Sega said, you know what? This is what the audience wants. The audience wants grown up, over the over the top violence. And I think in a small part, in a very small part, that pushed Eternal Champions to be even more violent. Because this, the, the first Eternal Champion was a violent, violent game. It wasn't but, this violent. But this, the, the, uh, the second one is so much more. It, it's, here's a perfect example, or uh, uh, equation. It is the way Mortal Kombat, the difference is the way Mortal Kombat was when it first came out, where you're punching people's heads off, to where it is in modern times, where you're doing the x-ray moves with the bone breaking. Yeah, that's, those are super duper nasty, That's the that That's the, the uh, acceleration of violence that you have between these two games. Yeah, the I mean, so the funny thing about these, we've gone on and on about them, but they're not easy to get off. And the, some oh, no. of them are incredibly rare. Yes. It's not like Mortal Kombat where you just whip, wham, bam, Bob's your uncle. These are tough. These yeah. are real tough to get in, off. In fact, you, you can't plan for, you know, most of them. Yeah. Most of them you can't do anything about. Because most fights end in a corner. Just to tell you how rare these are. Overkills, like I said, are just like the original. They're stage fatalities. Right. Then you've got the sudden deaths. Sudden death is a fatality that you have to... You have to uh, activate when your opponent has 33... They have to be in the right spot on the level, and they have to have 33% health or less. And then you've got the Vendetta, right, which is a personal finishing move, which is a button combination. That is, And that has to be when a certain condition is met. And you have to do this one. You have to activate this, activate this one yourself. And, if, and the player has to be 33% low on health. And you have to get to a certain distance... So that's a tough one. And then you've got the Senate kills, which are so unbelievably rare that you may never see one and all the time you play the game. They have to be the other opponents to be at thirty three percent or less. You have to have uh you have to have your inner strength up to do it. They have to have them stunned in a certain way. They have to do all this stuff just to get those yeah. off. But I mean when you can pull it off, you are rewarded. Uh, 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 with the uh, with something it's, that you won't forget, that's for sure. Well, that's that's the ones where it actually loads in a cinematic. Yeah, and it plays. loads off. Yeah, off disc. It yeah. Loads. So this game, like I said, there's it's not perfect. Uh, it's still too hard in single player mode. It's that's not as hard as the first one. Well, if you put it on the lowest level, it's even, still really hard. Even at the lowest level, I struggled. Yeah, I mean, I. One or two wins, and there were some characters. Shadow, if I was up against Shadow, I just quit and restarted the game because I couldn't beat her. Shadow's real. They're all. I mean, they're all tough. Let's face facts. And she's super. I was. She was like that in the first game. Too. Oh my god! So this is a game you're going to want to play with someone else. Yeah. You really. You. I mean, you. That's that's the downfall of this game. It, it, is, it, it, it is ridiculous. I don't care how good you are. You have yeah. to get really good. The computer is. And there's no time to practice. There's not really a mode that was no. going to help you. I, I looked. <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, something we should mention: both games have this in common. Is that, of course, the Genesis controller by default is a three-button stick. Yep. Of course, they eventually came out with six-button sticks that would allow you to uh, play this, and it has a buttons up just like Street Fighter. Yeah. Uh, strong, with medium, strong, medium, uh, fierce. and fierce punches and kicks. 
if you have a three-player stick or three-button stick, you hit the start button to go from kicks to punch. You could toggle. Right. Back, which that's sort of the way it went back in those days. So this game was pretty well received. It was a it was a, a much like the first one, sort of a, a, a midland hit. It, it sold pretty well. And the the Eternal Champions series was planned as a trilogy. Yes. Yep. And so the trilogy uh, was it, planned <laughs> out. It did not get released. Now, uh, what happened was uh, uh, Sega of America basically went away at one point uh, when the Sega CD was gone. And of course, to go into what happened with Sega between Sega of America and Sega of Japan, that's is, a whole episode. That's a it's it's insanity that goes on with uh, the 32X and the Saturn and all the. Missteps yeah. that equaled out to why Sega doesn't currently make consoles. It, it, it's it, actually just real quick. It's unbelievable how Sega of America and Sega of Japan could be on so different pages. Yeah, in the same They're company, like almost two competing companies. But yeah, we we can't go into that this so, episode. My goodness, this game had planned. In fact, Infuriated. there was preliminary work on a on a third game. Yep. In fact, I believe it's on the on the is it the original Dreamcast box Mm-mm. somewhere there was a there, this Saturn one, yeah there was a picture that said you know Eternal Champions three yeah. uh, it's on Saturn it box. even had a name like a sub name well what happened was Sega of Japan nixed it they pulled everything now have you heard why they did it I, I read why and I was actually not wasn't super surprised when I read it I thought it was just a casualty of the whole Sega of America no. thing no no no. Sega of Japan, Mama Sega, was convinced that uh, that Eternal Champions was taking away popularity from the Virtual Fighter oh, series. Oh yes, yes, I yes. And so, and I mean, this has been—I've heard read this a lot. I couldn't believe it at first. I had to get some confirmation, but you know, and I and for the record, I like the Virtual Fighter series, and Virtual Fighter Two is is one of my favorite games. I love that game. Uh, in terms of, of a three D fighter, right? Yeah, not. But uh, not if you played the console. Genesis version of Virtual Fighter, yeah, no, which was it was god awful. Yeah. Uh, Virtual Fighter Two. Uh, so, but you know, so they pulled the plug, and uh, so uh, Virtual Fighter was never made. I mean, uh, Eternal Champions Three. Now there were some spinoff games. Larson had a spinoff game, and Shadow had spinoff games, and they both were horrible. Were horrible. Yeah. Uh, also, there was. I mean, Eternal Champions had actually was popular enough to get like a line of cups at at Seven Eleven. It had some books that went into into the into the thing. They had comic books. They were going to do a. Was that the one they were going to do a cartoon they or talk, a movie? They yeah. talked about a cartoon. It would be. It's got plenty of background to do any sort of awesome, yeah. uh, you know, secondary thing with it. But it just never happened, and if it, it faded away, um, I can tell you because I've just hilariously. If you're wondering what this is going for on eBay. I just bought it, and I was hoping it would get here for the show, but it didn't make it. But I paid twenty five bucks for the uh, in box complete uh, which, Champions. which is a steal for this game. I think it's a steal. I, I thought it was a pretty good, pretty good price. Uh, now I just got to get something to play it in uh, because I don't have a Sega CD. But I wanted to own everything. I'll tell you what got me was, like I said, uh, uh, if you watch Kim Justice, does a, a really in depth documentary on the Eternal Champion series. And man, by the time it was over, I was already on eBay grabbing that sucker. I was like, gotta have it. Uh, but uh, oh, it's it's a good game. Like I said if you if you can pick it up in box for between twenty five and forty five bucks, I think you're in business there. It's a good price. I would probably cap out a little earlier at say thirty thirty five. But here and 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 here's the reason: you can't play this game alone. Yeah, you you do. It's it, you need a partner to play. It's no, it's no fun. Uh, this game was really divisive in terms of reviews. Um, if you look at like all the classic magazines of the day, your EGMs, your Game Pros, you really had different scores within the actual magazine for it. Some people liked it, some people didn't like it at all, uh, and and uh, they bid of course a lot. You'll see a lot of review scores for this that are somewhere in the sixes or fives. You know, like a, a, an average score where you're. Where it's uh, when I'm, I mean on a scale of ten here, right, right. Uh, I, uh, they they don't quite get it. I think this is a game. Uh, I think both these games we did today are games where you can't just sit down and ha- casually have a game and be like, eh, it's no good. You really have to. I mean, even the Met game, and I was a little hard on it, but I mean, it requires some investment of time. Yes. To understand, because I mean, when I first played the practice, I was like, this is what am I? What's going on here? And Part of it's the draw distance. It makes it hard to understand why it you're does. not finishing, for example. Or, you know, I didn't know I had to kill the towers 
you had to grind them to the ground because you blow them up once, for example. I was confused. Stuff like that. Uh, but uh, uh, both these require a, a, an investment of time. Uh, but uh, I think, to a certain degree, both are gratifying. And I think Eternal Champions Challenge from the Dark Side is a very gratifying game. Very beautiful. Is it the most beautiful Sega CD game? Maybe. It's right up there. Yeah, I think it probably is. Is it the, yeah. is it the most, uh, you know... Feature laden and fun. I think it's. I think it's a great game. And I, I think as far as fighting games go, you could do much, much worse than than the Eternal Champions Challenge for the Dark Side. As someone who absolutely hated the first one, um, I enjoy the second one. And with the with the existence of the second one at all, it makes the first one basically pointless. There's no reason to go back and play the first one instead of this one if you have both. I, that I totally agree with. Yeah. So we have, at least we found some common some ground. Some middle ground. So, we better quit while the iron's hot. Let's go ahead and head over. You know what time it is. Oh no. It's time to spin the wheel and make the deal. Alright. Do you want to spin this week? Uh, I, you know, I don't know if I've ever spun that the wheel. That is why I'm wondering. Yeah, I, I can I'm hold not it sure here. I've ever spun the wheel. Yeah, I the will let you spin. That. Okay, so this week, what do we add this week, Brent? Uh, uh, this was the Apple II ad, right? Uh, no, I think I put Neo Geo Oh, did you put Pocket. Neo Geo Pocket in? Neo Geo right. Pocket, which is, I've never, I've actually owned a game for that, believe it or not. So Alright, give, give, give me a good spin here. Alright, you ready? Yep. Can't see what we got. That's gonna be a. That is the Neo Geo regular. The oh, Neo the... Geo. Oh no. Okay, we have a problem. What? We can't both play Turf Master. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So next week, you know, I've been waiting for this episode. Now, boy, I wish I had a Neo Geo. Right. Oh, but sh- next week we will be playing games selected from the vast, vast library of the Neo Geo. You know what? I I, I think we should put one restriction on this. All right. Okay. You cannot play a fighting game. I knew you were going to say that since I just picked one. That will... Yeah, okay, I'm down for that. I will pick something from the non-fighting game variety of Neo Geo. So next week, we'll be playing selections from the Neo Geo, which has a rep for being for fighting games only, but there are plenty of good games that aren't fighting games Fighting games and Metal Slug. Yeah, so... (laughs) um, any thoughts on the Neo Geo? Are you excited about that uh, one? You know what? I feel good about this one. I feel good. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna. I'm gonna dig deep. I'm gonna find a hidden treasure. Oh man! I am. To I'm gonna do it. Just like this week, huh? Oh wait. Ah. So, uh, please join us next week for Neo Geo. And until next time, we'll have be a good one. You.